Well, we are in week four of a four-part series. Uh, we've been just entitled It Ain't Easy as we've been talking about marriage and relationships. And we've been saying this over and over again. Marriage takes work. Relationships aren't easy. That's one of the myths of the one. Remember we've said this myth of the one, that if you find the right one, then everything's going to be easy. You'll never have any problems. But the truth is, it isn't easy. Marriages take work. It takes hard work. Relationships require work. And most often, it requires us to work on ourselves. Okay? The serious uh, big so what that we've said is this, is that the goal isn't to find the right one, but to be the right one. So often our eyes get fixated on the other person, but we've got to say, God, where do I need to change? How do you need to grow me? How do I need to mature? How do I need to look different than I do today? And so in this series, there was uh, four things we talked about. First week, we talked about the idea of selfless love, right? That we love others out of the love that we have received. We take and receive this love of God, and we pour that to others. We talked in week number two about forgiveness. Remember, why do we forgive? Is it because other people deserve it? No. It's because we didn't deserve it, and yet God forgave us. And so we merely extend his forgiveness to other people. Week three, we talked about the idea of mutual submission. Mutual submission is that idea of fighting for second place, preferring the other, saying, how can I be here to serve you, not how can I be served this morning? We're going to look at what I would consider the most practical and probably the most widely applicable concept from this entire series, but I think it's also an area that we really easily can mess up, okay? So you got your Bible, scroll with me to Ephesians chapter 4, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29, and would you stand with me across the room as we're going to look at that together, we're going to read that together. <laughs> Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29 says this. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. Let's pray. God, we thank you for your word. And God, I pray, I, I can't convince anybody of anything. God, I pray that you would speak to all of us by your spirit. We'd walk out of this place differently, we pray, and we pray that in your name. Everybody said, amen. You can be seated. So everybody that knows us, you know we got three kids. I got a son, Levi, who's 11 years old. We've got a, our middle child, Asher. Uh, he is going to be turning nine here in June. And then we've got our little baby girl, who is seven, Ella. Our middle child, Asher, he's kind of the fun one, okay? Uh, we call him Buddy the Elf, okay? Because he, he is like Buddy the Elf, all right? He's kind of clueless most of the time, but, just, but having fun. He brings fun to everything he does. He's just, and he's, he's, he's like a 250-pound tight end. Like, he's just a big dude. And so he walks, like, he stomps everywhere. Like, it's like, you be quiet. Like, kids are sleeping, and he's just, he's loud, and he's rough, and he breaks things all the time. And he feels bad about it, but he's just like, oh, I didn't realize. I'm like, just pay attention a little bit, okay? But, but here's the thing. Two and a half years ago, something took place. When we realized uh, he was having some issues with his vision, and we took him in and found out that he had to get glasses. And we're like, no. <laughs> this is the worst thing that could take place. Of all the children that need glasses, Asher... He's going to break them all the time. We're going to be paying every two weeks for a new pair of glasses. We knew that's what's going to happen, except something crazy happened. Suddenly, he became careful with his glasses. Like, he saw this as something really important, and he would put them in the right place all the time. He had two, it was just this past fall. After two years, he went in to get new glasses. It was, the, it was only his second pair of glasses. He had not replaced or broken or lost his glasses in two whole years. It was a Christmas miracle, everyone. Okay? It was amazing. 
This morning, we're going to talk about something that I think all of us can struggle with, and we're talking about our works. And the Apostle Paul talks about this here in Ephesians 4. And uh, in this uh, passage, I think he, he deals with something that we, we so often are so careless with, our words. We're so thoughtless with our words. We can be so unintentional. Unlike Asher, who, who always puts his glasses in the right place, like we just kind of throw them around wherever. And this is how we respond with our words. Like, we all know that words have power, right? We get that. You remember the phrase, you know, sticks and stones will break my bones, words will never hurt you. We all know that's a bunch of garbage, because it's not true, because words hurt deeper than any stick. I'll, I'll, get, I'll take a whack over the arm over a hurtful word any day of the week, okay? We know this. We know that words are harsh, but it doesn't change things, because we still can be so very careless with our words. And how many of you know that we can be most careless oftentimes with the people that we're supposed to be the closest to? We're on our, out in public, we're in our best behavior. We're like, we're all good. We say the right things. We get ourselves dressed up, all that kind of stuff. And then we get home, we kick off our shoes, and we just go, Bleh. How many know sometimes that affects the words that come out of our mouth? And it doesn't always affect just simply the words that we speak. Sometimes it, it impacts the way that we speak to one another. The tone that we use with one another. There's a verse here in Proverbs chapter 18. Some of you, I'm sure, are familiar with this verse. It says this, the tongue has the power of life and death. Not good or bad, literally life or death in the power of the tongue. That's what we're wielding. We don't think about it. We just, it's just words. I didn't really mean that. How many of you ever said that before? I didn't really mean that. What you don't understand is you're speaking life or death into whatever circumstance you just said that to, Right? That person is taking on, and it's possible that that careless word actually could have residual effects in their life that you never think about, but it can destroy them because of our careless and oftentimes thoughtless way that we use our words. Words are so important. I would say that some of you, you know what it's like. Maybe you've been out with some people. Sometimes Amber and I will see this with couples. We'll, we'll be together with a couple, and, uh, and you can tell these couples, oh, they're so nice. They're so, they speak, the way they speak together, that's so good. And other times we'll be with people and I'm like, man, glad I'm not in that home, <laughs> you know? You don't talk. You've been with people like that before. See, you can smell it. What does it smell like? Death. It's death. And I would ask you, what, what does your home smell like? What do your relationships smell like? Do they smell like life? Does it smell like death? Our words matter. They are so, so important. I don't think, in our marriages particularly, I don't think we give words, our words, nearly enough credit for the way they can build up and destroy our relationships. Our words really matter. But there's another passage that I want us to look at, and that's James chapter 3. There's a whole section here talking about words. It says this, with the tongue, we praise our Lord and Father, and with it, we curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and curses, my brothers and sisters, this should not be. He goes on to say, listen, streams don't have salt water and, and uh, what's the opposite? of Fresh water. That's the word. Thank you. You ever have that moment like, ah, okay, fresh water. They don't. Like, you can only have one or the other, and yet our tongues are like that. Some, some people were just speaking life. Oh, it's so encouraging. And at other times, we're tearing people apart, ripping people apart. And oftentimes, we can do that in our own homes. These people that we love, one day we're lifting them up, and the next day we're literally destroying them. Not just with the words, but with the way we speak to one another, the disrespect we speak toward one another, right? So we know that our words matter, and yet we struggle with this. And so what we're going to look at here is a principle. 
It talks about in Scripture that we need to be renew, uh, transformed by the renewing of our mind. Sometimes we need to think differently. So what we're going to see in here is a principle about how to think about your words that I believe if we can get a hold of this can change your relationships and specifically can change your most important relationships. So I want to look at this here in Ephesians chapter 3. Let's dig back into the, or Ephesians 4. We'll look at the passage again here. It says, it says do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths. Now if you dig into the original Greek for this, for the word unwholesome, what this means is unwholesome talk. That's what it means. Okay? There's nothing fancy here. This isn't like we're super specific. No, any unwholesome talk. Like, well, specifically, what are they, what does the Greek mean? Unwholesome talk. It's very vague. It's very gentle. In fact, if you look at it, it could mean anything having to do with poor quality, bad, unfit, worthless. It can even go a little bit further to things that are putrefied or rotten. Anything that isn't healthy, anything that isn't good, don't do it. Just don't do it. And if we're honest, some of us Christians, this is one of the ways that we can get really guilty. Because like we can, how many of you have ever prayer gossiped before? Like, like, hey, can we really pray for John? Because John's got some really destructive things in his life going on, and he's a train wreck over there. Let's pray for him, okay? All right, no, you just wanted to talk about it, and you just hit it around the, on the you know what I'm saying? You know, and, and we do that sometimes. We got our friends. Some of you guys, you got your friends who you're like, yeah, I'm pretty good at this most of the time, but I got these buddies, and we get together, and this is just kind of how we talk. Yeah. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth. It's pretty wide net here. Anything, right? Anything that would not be life, anything that is not producing life, that's unwholesome talk. Get it out. You might say, well, I don't swear. Good. I'm glad you don't swear. That's not what this is only talking about. Okay, any unwholesome, whatever it is, don't do that thing. But, but I love this because it tells you, okay, don't do this thing, but then it tells you what you should do. What should you be thinking about? Don't let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful for building others up. See, it's the opposite. Rather than being the, the unhealthy thing, the thing that is unwholesome, instead, you need to be thinking about how can my words build someone up? Right. It's a very proactive, we don't think this way a lot of times with our words. Our words are just, we just, let's talk. But do we think about, no, building requires intention. You got to do something. You don't just accidentally build something. It requires a thought. It requires some intention behind it. So he's saying this, and, and I love this. It says, but only what is helpful for building others up when? According to their needs. Not according to your needs. According to their needs. Because most of the time, we say things because it's good for us. We're telling people what we want, what we don't like, what we do like, all those kind of things. But what if instead you thought differently about your words? Remember this whole series, it's all of this has been not about, how, we're not responding to the other person out of what they deserve. We're not responding to other people out of how we think we should treat them. No, everything is what we've received, what, what they don't deserve. We forgive out of what, what we've received. We love out of what we receive. And in the same way, we say, no, what is their need? How can I prefer them? How can I say, what, what would help you? What would lift you up? What would build you up? That's what I'm going to speak to. I'm going to speak into that thing. Okay. But we have a problem, and this is a, a principle that I want you to get a hold of this truth. Some of you may need to write this one down. It's this, that too often, if we pull that next truth up, too often our words are reactions instead of actions. We walk around just reacting. 
Every word coming out of our mouth, it's a reaction to something else that's gone on. There's no intention behind it. We're not thinking about it. It's not thoughtful. There's no kindness there. It's not being careful in any way. It's just reacting, and we react based on a number of things. Sometimes we react just on the circumstances, what's taken place, other people's actions. They've done something, they've said something, so we react. That can be good, that can be bad. They do something good, yay, we, we react in a good way. They do something bad, we react in a negative way in some way, okay? But it's more than that. We don't just react to that. Sometimes we react based on our own mental, physical, or emotional state. Like you're struggling. You don't feel well physically. You're struggling emotionally, and you react out of that. It has nothing to do with anything but you, and yet we allow the words coming out of our mouth to cause that. Sometimes we react based on our schedule. How many out there are busy, right? And when we're busy, what do we do? We react out of that. We're stressed. We're overwhelmed, and then we react. It has nothing to do with that. Yet we're allowing that reaction to come out. There's no intention behind our words. Sometimes we react out of our frustration. We're frustrated. Some of you just frustrated with life in general. Some of you get frustrated by a specific circumstance. And that's what we're reacting. That's what we're speaking our words out of. Sometimes it's out of disappointment. You're just disappointed with things, right? And so that's what comes out of our mouth. That's how we speak. Sometimes it's out of our bitterness. I'm going to say this. There's some of you, I would guess, in your homes and your marriages, there was something that happened years ago. For some of you, it might have been decades ago. You've never forgiven your spouse. And you harbor bitterness toward them. And the way you talk to them never has to do with the circumstance that's actually taking place. The way you react to them is always based on that bitterness that you're still holding on to. The tone you use, the attitude you carry, the words you speak, you're reacting out of a deep bitterness that you've never dealt with. And in the same way, I think sometimes we react based on a deep trauma in our own lives. Like we've got a trauma. Some of you have experienced that with your parents. There's a wound from your childhood. In everything you do, it's never, it's never really the issue here. It's always this deep wound inside of you that you've never dealt with. You've never received healing from. And I want to just say this. I've been saying this throughout this series. There are moments in time where we need to get to the point where we say, listen, I need help. God, I come before you, but it may require me to actually go talk to somebody else as well. I may need to go get professional help. I may need to go get a counselor. I may need to seek some, someone to be able to speak into my life to pray with me through this. Like, we need that. That doesn't make you weak. That makes you strong. That's saying, no, this is a good thing, okay? Never feel like, oh, we're struggling. Some of your marriage, the amount of people that have reached out over the last several weeks has been awesome to me because what it means is people are saying, you know what, I don't want to keep hiding the problems. I don't want to just hope, oh, Jesus, let it go away because it's not going to go away that way. Nothing goes away that way, right? And so that may be required, but this is what happens. Our words so often are just a reaction to what's going on around us and not healthy. There's not the intention. So I want to give a little illustration for this. I got these little blocks here. I stole these out of the kids' area. So there's probably a little, like, four-year-old that's mad at me right now, but that's fine. Okay, so, <laughs> so we got our building blocks, and I think this is how our, uh, our words generally work. We got our words, and we come into our house you know, we're going to people that we love, and we're just tossing words around, you know? And sometimes, because we toss them up, they just happen to land in a good way. Ooh, nice. Look at that thing. Oh, oh. There, uh. This is what our words are like. There's not a lot of intention. Sometimes it works out. Sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes it breaks down. And it explains why oftentimes our homes smell like death instead of life. But see, what happens on occasion is you'll have circumstances like this where, you know, somebody comes home. Maybe you, uh, maybe you had a boss who was lifting you up because you killed a project, you know, 
or maybe you were at school and you did something awesome, your coach was just celebrating you and you felt so good, you felt so built up because somebody was building up and so you come home and you're all, you're all built up in your words and you're, you're feeling good about yourself, whatever, and then all it takes is that one careless word to be spoken and, and you know what that's like, you know that feeling in your relationships, that deflating feeling when all of a sudden you're like, you know that point in your conversations when it happens. You're having a conversation, and, and you, whether you do it on purpose or you do it on accident, you can see in their face, oh, no. <laughs> we just crossed the line somewhere. See, this is what can happen with our words. And why is that? Because we're reactive. Not intentional. Not careful. Instead, we're just thoughtless in the way we treat one another. And so this Scripture gives us a principle that I think is, uh, is so critical for us, and it's a change in our, in our thinking. And so I want to get to our big so what here as we get toward the end of the message here this morning. And this is the big so what here for this morning. It's this, choose to build, not tear down. Choose to build, not tear down. Instead of being careless with your words, which is what we normally are, you would say, that's not like a horrible, it's not like we're intentionally being bad with our words. We're just careless. We're thoughtless. Instead of that, choose to build. It requires intention in everything. If you see your purpose, and I'll say this, I'm going to talk to the single people for a second, okay? Here's a little, here's a little tip. You get a hold of this one, and you're going to have people fighting to hang out with you, okay? Because our world is filled with people who tear other people down. Our world is filled with people who can destroy people, who tear people apart, and discourage one another. The world is full of it. You can see it. Our culture is built on that. How can we find that thing you did in your past and totally destroy you? That's what our culture says. So if you become a person that is speaking life all the time, somebody who is building up, not tearing down, you're the kind of person everybody wants to be with. Like, that's a great person. I just, I don't even understand it, but I feel better every time I'm around that person. Listen, it's one of the best things you can do, okay? But for those of us who, who are in relationships, this is a critical principle because what can happen so often in our, you know, let's take me and Amber for a second. You know, if I come home and I'm not intentional, we're just tossing words around. Whether I know it or not, sometimes I'm there hurting her. I'm not speaking life. But what if I came home at night and I said, okay, hey, here's the goal. I'm going to try to build her up. Like, I'm going to think about her. Say, how can I hold her up in some way? How can I encourage her and not just encourage her in what I want because we can be guilty of that that's called manipulation right when you encourage the things because it's good for you not manipulating her to become what I want her to become but instead to look at her life and say how can I build her up according to her needs according to what's good for her that it speak into her and I'll tell you this I'm not always good at this I have failed at this one over and over in our marriage I told you at the beginning of this series, I don't get up and preach a series on marriage because I'm knocking out of the park every single day. I do it because this is the truth. And I'm with you in this one. We all got to get better at this. There's been plenty of times where I have deflated her spirit with my words, whether intentionally or unintentionally. There are times where I haven't spoken into her areas. Instead, I've tried to make her something different or tried to change her behavior with the way I talk. But my call is to say, okay, how can I throw gasoline on the flames of her heart? 
on the things that she's passionate about, on the things that, that God's beginning to raise up. How can I speak words into that, right? And as I begin to do that, as I begin to build her up, something happens in her. And this is the truth, the power of our words. We talk about words are powerful. We have the power of life and death. And I'm not getting into some weird name it, claim it idea, but there is a reality that as we begin to speak into things, it actually can begin to positively affect it. You know this with a kid. If you keep railing on a kid about something, they end up deflating in that area. But if instead you begin to encourage that area, begin to speak life, suddenly they start to experience something new. And they have a hope. And they think, maybe I can do this thing. And the same is true in our marriages. Some of you are experienced. You've been railing it against something in your spouse for the last 30 years. Nothing has changed. How's that working out for you? Instead, what would happen if you began to speak life into that? To build them up according to their need. Right? To speak over their lives that way. And I've said this every single week. The dirty little secret of this whole thing is, if I purpose in my heart that my goal is to build up my wife with my words, and she purposes in her heart to build me up with her words, guess what it feels like? It feels like life. That's God's intention for a relationship. We fail in this area not because we're horrible people, because we want to make each other's life worse, or we want to be mean, or we want to stay hurtful. We don't do any of those things. I don't think anybody wakes up thinking, I just want to really hurt my spouse today. We do it because we're thoughtless and careless at times. And instead of thinking about the actions of our words, we just simply react with our words. And I think God's leading us to a different place to say, no, how can you, how can you be intentional? How could you have purpose with your words? How could you see every word? And you might have days where you get off, but the next day you start over again. No, today I'm going to build my spouse up with my words. I'm going to use my words to, to build them according to her need, according to his need. Right? So I want to give you a challenge here. Uh, as we wrap up, and it's this a very simple challenge. Each day this week, I want you to take an intentional step to speak life into an area of someone else's need. Now, for those of you who are married, you should pick your spouse. That's who the someone should be, okay? Every day this week, according to their need. If you're not married, then pick somebody else every single day. Maybe it's going to be a phone call. You're going to pick a phone up and you're going to call somebody and encourage them. Maybe it's going to be somebody, you know, a co-worker. Uh, maybe you're going to shoot a text to them and just encourage them with something. Whatever it is, have coffee with somebody. Speak life into someone else, all right? And see how that begins to transform your own heart. It actually is a beautiful thing because suddenly when you think about building up rather than tearing down, you actually feel better as well. Because rather than trying to think about all the negative stuff, because we got plenty of that stuff in our world, suddenly you're thinking about the good things. And that's what we're supposed to be, a conduit of the life, the Zoe life that God has for us, right? So I want to pray over us here this morning as we wrap up. And, uh, but here's the starting point. Every single week we've had to say this. The starting point for this may demand repentance from you. Because it's possible, some of you are like, oh, yeah, this is an area I work at, that's great. But for some of you, you might realize, you know what, this is a significant issue. I've been, I've been destroying my spouse with my words, and I know it. I know I can talk them under the table at any time. And I've said, the starting point is repentance. What is that? It's, it's acknowledging, it's agreeing with God that this is sin. And saying, God, I want to turn away from that. Instead of using my words as a negative weapon, God, I pray that I would use it as a, as a tool in my hand to build up my spouse, to build up those around me. Can we pray together? Father, we thank you so much that... That, that you met us when we didn't deserve it, God. 
And uh, this is one of those areas where we don't deserve your grace because we, we can mess this one up on a regular basis. God, we can get out of sorts. We can allow our words to carelessly hurt others. And God, we just come before you and, and we not only ask forgiveness, but we repent, God. We acknowledge that that's sin and we turn away from that. We pray that you would help us to be those that build up, not those that tear down. We would be those that encourage, not those that hurt others, Lord. And God, I pray over the homes in here. God, I pray that the, the homes would begin to smell differently. God, that they would smell different because rather than speaking death, there'd be a life flowing out of these, God. God, I pray for where there's healing that needs to take place because there's still bitterness in their hearts. God, I pray that they would be, first and foremost be surrendered before you, but God, I pray also that they would pursue health, whether that's through professional help, whether that's through counseling, whether that's talking to somebody else, whatever it is, God, I pray that we would see that transformation take place in our homes. And Lord, ultimately, that you would be glorified in the way that we treat one another. God, I pray this week that we wouldn't just hear this message, oh, that's a nice, cute thing, but instead we would put it to action this week, and we would live out the principles that you've given to us. And we pray that in Jesus' name, everybody said.